M guys. We don't want you to have any. We are live. Good. Breakdown zone. So. All right. Are we, are we live? We're good? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh. <clears throat> Two minutes. There we go. I got it. It's not me this time. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Give me one second. Let me just fan out here. All right. You see it, Nora? There it is. Yep. Oh, Adriana. Hi, Adriana. Share. Yeah, you could share so, it. Oh, Just turn the volume down. Us. There you go. Share to group. Right. Share to group. Share to page. You can share it to whatever you'd like. I think we're gonna or have a mainly female audience today. Adriana is watching so far. Hi, Adriana. Uh, Alan Kazarian's watching with the NBA finals going on. Seriously, there you go. that's a good man right there. But don't make such a sexist comment. Hey, you know what? There's women who also watch the NBA finals. There you go. All right. Now, maybe there's women who play in the NBA finals and we're just not aware. <laughs> Why not? It's a possibility. <laughs> One day that's coming. <laughs> I bet it is. Okay. You're not a betting man, are you? All right, guys. Happy Monday. We are hey, live. Everyone. Hello, everybody. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, lady. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, we're joined here with Nora Chitilian. Is that correct? You got it. Uh, LMFT, which means Licensed Marriage Family Therapist. Yes. Now, for I could, every... I could have come up with a couple of other <laughs> so, <laughs> to, Today is actually... That's why you didn't. Yeah. So today is a day where if you guys have questions regarding family friends kids marriage divorce anything like that today's a day you could it, you have a Chime you in. have a free licensed therapist here sitting ready to answer your questions <laughs> yes who else but the wiseness could provide this Nobody. you <laughs> so, used to ask us but I think we screwed some of your marriages up. So <laughs> now we brought somebody certified to fix it. We, we, we brought in a specialist to fix it. <laughs> Basically. I'm talking to you. Come on. I'm on the show. Oh, gosh. Uh, Nora, helping the divorce rate. <laughs> exactly. The divorce rate is ridiculous. So we're trying to help it out. I think the last few months we've increased the divorce rate with our show, with the topics we've discussed. So, Nora, welcome to the show thank you it's a pleasure having you here with us on this beautiful monday uh oh, this hot monday it's oh. like a, it's been a over 100 over degrees 100. today everywhere in the valley we can't summer's get it, here we can't get it below 74 at my office at my house it just stuck at 74. yeah so people stay hydrated i mean regardless of the time it's what is it it's 7 30 and it's still in the 80s outside so stay hydrated yeah. uh, make sure you drink plenty of water uh nora we want to first, before we jump into any of the uh, topics, let's start off with uh, your background. Uh, where did you start off as far as school? Like what led you to actually go into, you know, the whole family therapist thing? Because not a lot of people can do what you do because it's something where, number one, you have to be a very good listener. And number two, you have to have the proper uh, education to give the right guidance to the to the to your patients or your mm -hmm. clients correct mm -hmm. so i mean where did it all begin where did you go to school uh how did it all start uh, can you give us a quick story on that of course of course so um i was born and raised in beirut lebanon and um i was one years old when the war started um and my mom always says my first word was lump as in rump in armenian so 
as in bomb. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was about 14, 15, I already knew I wanted to get into psychology. I wanted to get into helping profession because all my life, pretty much, I've watched my neighbors. I've listened to my neighbors. I've watched them going through their heartaches, people dying, you know, bombardments, this and that. Um, and I have to say, I had a great childhood, despite all the fact that it was very uh, war-torn country. So at age 16, my family and I, we came here for better education. My dad, my brother was going to graduate high school. And he thought, okay, you know what? There's no hope in Beirut. Let's just move to the United States. So we, we came here. I was 16 years old. And as you may know, leaving your friends behind at that age is very, I don't want to say traumatic, but it's very difficult. Right. So I was able to, you know, make new friends here, start fresh. And I did two years of high school here. And then I went to um, community college and I already knew by then I wanted to get into psychology. So I didn't waste any time, any units, any classes and straight got into psychology. Then I transferred to Cal State Northridge and did my bachelor's in psychology. And then just because I knew I wanted to get into private practice, again, I didn't waste any time and I wanted to get into uh, marriage and family um, therapy and be licensed to start on my own and do my own thing. Um, you mentioned you have to be a good listener. I've always been a good listener. I've been always a good talker too <laughs> uh, growing up. But um, yeah, so now, I mean, I wouldn't change anything if I look back. I would do exactly the same. I love my job despite the fact that the challenges are changing. You know, so many things are like kids' anxiety rates, uh, like you mentioned, divorce rate. Everything is more exaggerated or more traumatic. But mm -hmm. still, I would do the same thing over again if I were to start all over again. And I'm in private practice. And um, I work also in uh, schools, variety of, you know, Armenian schools. I love helping Armenian schools out. Um, and that's pretty much my week between my private practice and visiting different schools, helping kids on, you know, campuses, doing school-based therapy, helping parents with parenting. Uh, you guys know the digital age these days. It's very wow. different than when we grew up, right? So that's what I do. It, a lot of people that's, that go into, and I remember this when I was going to college, anybody who was a psychology major, I would ask them, how far along are you going to go into psychology? And a majority of them would say, yeah, yeah, I want to be a psychologist or I want to be a therapist or some sort of uh, something involved in that in their field. But majority of them don't end up going all the way. Right. They end up drop, not even dropping out. They get their bachelor's. And then they turn around, and they go, well, I don't think I really want to do this. Maybe I'll go be a lawyer. And then they don't end up being a lawyer. And then it's like, next thing you know, half of them are makeup artists and <laughs> photographers and <laughs> bake cupcakes now. But right. you, once you, gra you graduated from Cal State Northridge, right? Yes. And then you were like, you know what, this is what led you to actually say, okay, I am going to actually sit down with patients and I am going to sit down with families and uh uh, married couples and kids and be like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And even though I'm listening to other people's problems, it's not going to affect me. I mean, go, taking that other people's problems mm -hmm. home with you, wasn't it something difficult? Of course it is. And it comes with training. It comes with experience. You know, you just learn to appreciate and be grateful all the time. 
And the rewarding part is that I'm helping someone, I'm saving someone. So to me, that's the reward I take home with me. And you're right, this is not for everybody. You know, some people get into it, bachelor's degree psychology, and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. It's not for everybody. You really have to have that thick skin, the motivation, the determination. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, hours of practice and, you know, training and all that. Um, so, you know, but I did it and I'm very happy yeah. I'm in it. I mean, speaking of thick skin, kids nowadays, they don't have the thickest skin. Yeah. Well, it's, I was, I was going to ask them about the different generations and stuff because I'll say for our generation and a little older, they've gone through wars. They've seen a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. bad years and stuff. And those guys don't have as many issues as kids nowadays that are being taught that Pampered. they're victims because they've been pampered too much. Yes. So there's a whole new thing about that, that um, this professor from Stanford was writing that two years ago was the first time that actually kids who graduated high school ready to start college, the parents were holding their hands and bringing them to Stanford, whereas before they just kids showed up. So we are over pampering our kids. We are making them more dependent and over sheltering but again is it the society making us feel more scared because of the things we're hearing on the news you know more scary things happening the anxiety rate rate is so high with the school shootings and you know so many things happening out there so school shootings is worse than you've seen war all around you um you know what good question during the war we kind of knew we're safe you know kind of But now, like, you send your kid to school and you just don't know. Back then, they didn't know. They didn't know. I was five years old. They gave me the backpack and just said, this, <laughs> this is your school. Go. And you, know, you walk to school. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think social media has a lot of influence as far as uh, what people see nowadays. Yes. Everything is exposed. I mean, this thing right here is, has become uh, CNN, NBC, uh, Fox, and everything on Baby the go. Sitter. It's it's every it's everything mm -hmm. as it is, and it's uh, yeah, absolutely right. It's, babysitter. it's a babysitter as well now. That's why it's a thousand dollars. There's a multiple function <laughs> for everything. But it's also it's very included. damaging because kids are exposed to things that they're not. The the brain cannot function to you know to see certain things on uh, social media or on technology. Yeah. So that's another thing that's causing anxiety on kids. See, that, that, I don't Try know. To take you know it when away. we when we went through like. Growing up, and I'll, we kind of touched up on Well, this. why don't you tell her what era you grew up in? Was it in the 40s, 80s, 90s? Uh, 78 on, <laughs> 80s, 90s. Yeah, okay. I mean, so you grew we, up in an era where this wasn't 80s. around. Yes, but we got taught all the stories that are traumatic. Look at Bana, the guy Lugara, as when we were saying, yes. where bullying is okay. That's yeah, the story the moral of, it. of the story. The moral is, of the story is bullying is great. Or Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry well, itself. They yeah. kill each other all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You can't. A lot But of those. Best cartoon, yeah. And a then, lot of those shows don't exist anymore, guys. Uh, look, but, if you if you look back, The Office right now won't air on TV. You guys are insane. Because I'd rather my kids watch Tom and Jerry than what they watch no, now. The I know. The videos are a bunch of people dressed so, in a stupid costume. Doing weird things, jumping off of things, swimming in bubbles, and that's what they're watching. I'd rather so, see my on YouTube, right? So yeah, of on YouTube. Here's, yeah, here's books that Stupid let's say videos. you know, parents read those things. 
the Wizard of Oz, which mm-hmm. have witches and stuff. And then Sleeping Beauty, where they get poisoned. And then Hansel and Gretel, where the witch is trying to eat them. Or the Red Riding Hood, the wolf eats the grandmother. Mm-hmm. And yet you want those kids to sleep. And also <laughs> all of those... <laughs> we had no issues. We had no issues. But the kids nowadays, with a little bit of bullying, it becomes a huge deal. Right, right. Well, because a lot of kids these days don't have coping skills. So that's another thing that we're faced with, that the level of coping skills parents are not tolerating. Remember back in the day, if the teacher called you, uh, called your mom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'll be terrified and mom will really punish you. Of course. So and so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, if a teacher calls home, the parent is going and attacking the teacher, basically saying, my kid is never wrong. So what are we doing? We're not teaching our kids to cope with situations. We're always covering up, you know, and not trusting the teacher as an authority figure or as an educator. So kids are more entitled to do whatever they want to do, you know. So these are some of the challenges that we're faced with with as opposed to way back during our days. Do you think that's something that's the parents' fault or do you think that's something where it's the school systems or the principals or the, the teachers parents. parents it's trust issue too too though the parents not trusting the school institution system. or the school system so that's coming from somewhere too no. you know i not, look at it as what, a parents failure this is the way i look at it i feel like it was the generations that missed this gap so our parents generation they're just made stronger and then our generation we have a little bit of that but we also have the softness now as a when we're parents, we're raising much softer kids. But what's changed? Because I'm because sure some our of the parents try to lighten our load when we were growing up. They okay. didn't have that. Because when we we're talking about institutions, I'm sure some of the teachers in my elementary school are probably still teaching. No. Yes. No. And if my son ends up going to that school, he's going to have the same elementary teacher that I did. They're not all retired. I'm not but that the old. Teacher doesn't decide the agenda nowadays. They're Who's given that? a specific agenda. And agenda back then, the teacher decided the agenda? They well, things better. are different. That's I mean, on one hand, I agree with you where they, they, they have a curriculum mm-hmm. where everyone's supposed to follow the curriculum, like books and textbooks and standards. There are mm-hmm. certain standards. Yeah, there used to be an open curriculum. That's However, how right. However, if your child goes to the same teacher that you had back then, your child is not the same. He's not or he's not growing up in the same era you grew up. Right. So that teacher is probably going to have a harder time to deal with your child than the teacher dealt with you mm-hmm. because that's a difference. So I do teacher trainings all the time. I go to schools and the senior teachers who have a lot of experience, they're really, you know, they don't technology. Struggling, they're yeah. struggling because the mentality is different. The parents mentality is different, too. So a lot of things have changed. That's why we try to update, you know, our records and our information. But going back to the anxiety level, mm-hmm. I have something for you guys. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> oh, she brought a she brought a black bag with her, and she said, "I'm going to give this to you live during the show." So we have no okay. idea what's in this. We're Armenians, so we don't go anywhere empty-handed, right? No. Right. No. All right. Nothing scary, you guys. But I have motivational stress balls. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right. We're going to take a quick 15 minute break, play with these balls, and And then we'll be back live again. I didn't didn't want the purple one. I threw it. Okay. So you got the gender neutral one. Okay. (laughs) So tell us, tell us the, 
reason why you brought these with us. Okay, so um, this is one coping mechanism to stress the ball instead of hitting each other when you're angry or upset. Okay. So when we do, uh, when kids are anxious, when kids, even adults, when kids are anxious over test anxiety or, um, you're looking at the box. <laughs> um, when they are anxious over whatever the situation is that we can get into it later, this is one way of helping yourself by squeezing a ball instead of crying, instead of hitting, literally like bothering one another, or you can be or, a, or angry to juggle. <laughs> So, um, you know, we got to teach our kids. So this is one. Breathing exercises is another one where now certain schools as early as preschool level, they're really teaching kids to breathe. Because when you're anxious, you guys just think about it. What do we do? We're oh, hyperventilating, holding our breath. Right? Well. So when we teach kids, it's okay. Take a All deep right. breath. You come back to your senses and it's safer. You don't need to lose like... I had, uh, you know, I had a woman. really good teacher in like sixth grade, sixth grade, Miss <laughs> Moore. And when she saw some of the kids actually, you know, getting into the anxious mode and stuff, she would take everybody, go to the yard, play, Ooh, have fun. Nice. Get all the energy stuff yes. out and then come back. Is that why you were anxious awesome. every day? She I was never anxious. <laughs> I was never anxious. Miss <laughs> Moore really didn't take him out. He just stayed back. <laughs> you young man. So you can read an extra novel now. <laughs> these, <laughs> here's the thing: these things actually do work. Yeah. Uh, before, when I used to do prospecting and phone call, phone calls, I actually had one of these in my hand, and I would always. Which one? What did it say? On it? <laughs> Nothing. It was just regular stuff. It was just. You can do it, Arnie. It was a. It was a basketball. What color was it? Basketball. It was a basketball. Edgar, what color is a basketball? Uh, they can be different colors. <laughs> okay, what color is a stand? Everything in different colors. <laughs> Anyways, but I I would use these, and it, honestly mindset wise and focus wise you would stay calmer yes mm -hmm. you would stay tapping especially is when another we, one yeah. tapping, tapping yes yeah. meaning you can tap like this or on your knees it will really calm you down and feel, make you feel grounded it's important when people are again overreacting or feeling anxious we need to ground them okay so tapping is another one or using your senses like five things you can look around you to see Four things you hear, three things you touch. Time. So basically just kind of get your mind off of it. And down. you feel grounded as opposed to feeling like oh, something's going to happen. Okay, wait. So <laughs> hypothetic, okay, hypothetically speaking, let's say, for example, if I'm having a panic attack or I'm stressed out about something, mm -hmm. whatever I'm thinking about, you're saying look at five different things around you, mm -hmm. feel four things around you. Mm -hmm. Using your senses. Using your senses. And what was the last one? Three things that you hear. So five things you see. Five things you see. Four things you feel. Three things um, you touch. We have touch here. here. Yes, you hear. And then even something you taste. Smell. One thing, smell. Yes, smell is another one. And then one thing you taste. It could be something like a gum you had, water, to just focus on your senses and feel grounded. So this is something I teach kids in therapy, even adults, by the way, not just kids, so that they, when they feel grounded, they can feel more logically and the fear aspect kind of goes away. So this is one example for all the viewers as well. If yes. you think you're feeling anxious, mm -hmm. um, Jenny made a comment about uh, kids being at school eight to 10 hours mm -hmm. a day. 
It's um, called a local parent. She always has these Wikipedia yes. response. Genugo. Um, local parent. Thank you, what is, Jenny, for your comment. Genugo, I like that. So Genugo. kids, okay, let's talk about behavioral issues. But is yes. that true though? I mean, is I don't know a lot if I of agree parents, with that. She's right. Is, a lot of parents use the, the teacher is the a, place of the parent. Listen, a lot of these parents are using the school system to even teach their kids manners. No, I understand They're not that. Doing anything at but home. Some maybe, some of the teachers. Here's what I've heard. Some of the teachers go. The weekend makes it worse. So Mondays are the worst day because the last two days these kids have been rattled up by the parents. That didn't do anything but feed them sugar all weekend. I don't think that's what like, she's that's saying. That's not what though. she's saying, though. No. But what she's saying is, oh, yeah, okay. what she's saying. <laughs> but it makes sense. You're making sandwiches and coffee at home, right? She's saying that <laughs> the, the the schools, from my understanding, is that my interpretation of her comment that schools were created to basically provide uh, ba what a parent should do, which is the love and care and parenting mm -hmm. and teaching between those eight and ten hours per day. But I don't agree with that. How? Well, is... okay. The, the, the difference, the way I see, Jenny, please clarify if we don't touch on what you're trying to say. I think back in the days, parents or mothers worked less. Mm -hmm. So kids got more emotional needs met through their mothers. Now it's more grandmothers yes. because both mom and dad work very hard um, to survive in you know America. And um, kids are not getting those needs, the attachment and everything that they need to be emotionally stable. So grandparents are doing it. And grandparents may not know all about what's on YouTube, what Fortnite is. Kids are you know, exposed to things again that they're not supposed to. I mean, grandmothers are giving great love and care. However, kids also need that attention from parent figure. So it's not fair for us to just assume the teacher is going to give everything because yeah. the teacher's job is not that. However, in any difficult situation, love is the answer. When you show a child or even an adult love and acceptance, they're going to do better. Okay? Makes sense. Um, that makes sense. So in, in an ideal world, would you say, for whether it's the Americas or Armenia, anywhere in the world, if a mother has the luxury of staying home because for financial re usually it's financial reasons, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Um, or maybe some, well, I don't want to say financial. Some women are career-driven, so it's a career decision. Mm -hmm. They're professionals. Not, yeah, they yeah, have to not work. Not necessarily a right. uh, financial decision. But in an ideal world, is it better for the mom to stay, be a stay-at-home mom, or is it after a certain age? I know this is kind of a little more off-topic than what we were going to discuss, but at a certain age, is it better for the mom not to be home around the child 24 hours a day versus sending them to preschool or whatever else okay, is available? Okay, you can still work as a mother. You can still have full-time job and still provide quality um, attention to your child. Mm -hmm. Research shows that mothers who work full-time mm -hmm. make more time for their kids out of guilt as opposed to mothers who are at home all day, they think, okay, I'm always home. They don't spend enough quality time with their kids. Mm -hmm. So this is something that the research shows because, again, that guilt feeling like, oh, I don't see my kid enough. You want to do more. Yeah. But when your kid is there and you're cooking, cleaning, whatever it is that you're home every day, you may not provide that quality time. So going back to your question, um, you know, I think – it all depends on the personality and it all depends on how available you can make yourself 
while you're juggling your professional life mm-hmm. and as motherhood. And as we're talking about motherhood, you guys are dads. Um, dad's role is huge. Well, today we changed roles, actually, my <laughs> wife and I. So I'm a mom today. <laughs> Just for the show. <laughs> you identify so, as a woman today. Yes. Dad's role is huge, especially if you have girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep in mind to connect with your children. And I hear this from dads a lot. When kids are at the age of one, two, three, mm-hmm. dads say, okay, you know, Shut pokri, I can't do anything for Mezana, I'll do a lot. <laughs> you gotta connect from early on, you guys, yeah. because that's when the connection is built. Kids are not like a button you pressed and then okay, let's connect. So this is the time where you can still read stories to them. You can connect on different levels. And always keep in mind, you cannot correct before connecting. Okay. So don't you can't just be this authoritarian parent and say you can't do this, you can't do that. You got to connect with your kids first whether you're the mother or father and then start the correcting. Otherwise they're not going to listen to you. It's not going to work. So when I work with parents that's like the first thing I tell them. Don't just show up and give them consequences. Connect with them and they will respond better to what you have to request from them. Okay, let me ask you a question. Um, my my wife works as a registered nurse, so she works three days a week, and she's off for four days. In the three days she's working, a lot of the times I'm spending time with the kid, because it's twelve hour shifts. Mm-hmm. So her and I built a very unique bond together for those three days, and then when mom is home for four days in a row, she's built a bond with mom. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to reverse back, as in like, okay, she's gonna go back to work. That morning the kid wakes up. She doesn't want anybody but mom. So, I mean, what what is it there that is, I feel like, is it something that I'm doing wrong as far as a parent or is it just the mother-daughter bond that they have together? The nurturing. It's the, it's the time she already knows the time is there that the mom is going to go away. No, no, no. I know. I know that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, okay, the days where she's working and we're together mm-hmm. for day one is the toughest day because it's like the first day Mm -hmm. day two we're fine day three we're fine and then day four comes around mom's home day five mom's home and then sometimes day six mom's home and then it switches over now it's my turn for that you know the morning before the mother-in-law comes or my mom comes Mm -hmm. over the kid basically she all she's she wants is her mom the first day well probably it's also confusing because of the schedule it will be nice if you can post something visual like a calendar Mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, so that she knows. For, who's for her. Young. She's too young. She's one, one in one year and eight months. Right. That's why visually, if color, you put it, color, color it, like, well. or, you know, like stick figures, mom and dad, so that she knows it's not young. Anything visual, you can start at that age. You can even do a gender because neutral. Because probably, <laughs> probably she doesn't know. And she thinks, okay, I can play with mom. Make sure you know somebody I mean? who's artistic draws it. Don't draw anything <laughs> that's gonna screw her up. Have you seen my Have you seen my artistic skills? Hey, but I'll don't show you take later. it personally. Yeah. Don't take kidding? it personally. No, 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 no. She's rejecting you. No, it's not. You know. And you know what it is. Uh, I mean, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys are using it already. I love I, it. My My concern is, it's like it's. Tell it's often it's getting to the point where she's getting old enough where she knows who's mom, who's dad. But it's like, dude, it's like. 
you should be used to this by now, child. It's like, I, <laughs> mom is coming back. She'll be back in 12 hours. <laughs> Calm down. She was no. at war. But She's see, coming. they don't know what 12 hours is. Uh, it's too long for them. But as long as you guys, like I said, going back to the connection, you need to connect based on your personality, not because your wife does something the same way you need to do. No, do something that you believe in that's part of your personality and genuine. Tough love. Anything, <laughs> anything general, but connect first yeah. and then yeah. correct. Yeah, of course, of course. For, that dude, that was one thing I wanted to ask you. You got to give the candy and then get upset. No, man, no candy. Dude, do you understand what sugar does to kids? Yeah, it makes it worse for you. It, no, not for you, for them as well, man. Sugar, too. here's the thing sugar is worse. I swear to god, sugar is worse than cocaine. Yeah, you, you, well, have, you can't say it's worse, it's than worse than cocaine. How can you say it's worse than cocaine? Because it's number one drug in the world, and yes. it's addictive too. Wait, you're yeah. telling me you give a teaspoon of sugar in your kid's tea or a teaspoon of cocaine in your kid's tea? No, no, Come no, on, no, now. No, no, no. now you're being a smart ass. That's <laughs> no, not here's the, the thing. Cocaine is That's good. Not the no, no, it's not good. Here's the thing understand, understand. Here's the thing the sugar cane itself is a pure drug by itself it is uh-huh. it sounds it sounds funny what i'm saying but uh there there are kids who are basically you give them a teaspoon of sugar and you'll give another kid a te- they both react differently but you'll see them bouncing off the walls why do you think they say don't give your kids chocolate until a certain age don't give your kids soda to a certain until a certain age number one it's it's all brain function because it 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 stimulates certain things in their brain where they start just bouncing off the walls. And number two, it's not good for their health. A lot of kids become obese. Mm-hmm. They stop. They stop exercising. I, I think it's not, more. It's so not the sugar that's making people obese. It's the kids not being able to run in well, schools. Okay, you can't run anymore. I know. Forget school. <laughs> you can't play sports. <laughs> okay, but what about after school? Uh, after school, everybody's home watching the TV. Streets it, are not safe so anymore. Parents man. don't let the kids go out. Parents don't. Do you let your kid go out? Yes. Then that's all you have to worry about. Don't worry about any other. Don't worry about so, someone else. Okay. When you goes out by himself, what's the use? I'm saying obese. your kids. Okay. Let let let, let everybody worry Wait, about their his own. His kid kids. goes out. If no one else is sending kids out, what's the point of him sending his kid out? But I I think more so the problem with sugar is not that kids are getting obese. It's more so that it's the most addictive drug s- substance. Additive, whatever you want to call it, in the world. Let me. Let me everything put, has sugar in it. Chips, yeah. chocolate, everything. Yeah. Bread, bread, everything. It, has when it. I went on keto, and I mean, you should know this better than yeah, any of us. I know exactly. I went on a ketosis diet, mm-hmm. which is basically thirty grams of sugar or less per day. I mean, you, you have, you basically you're addicted to the sugar, whether it's in bread, mm-hmm. it's in chips, mm-hmm. it's in sodas, it's in drink. You start shaking. Because yeah. you want it. it. It's highly addictive. Now, imagine what it does to a child. There are parents out there that don't even care. And they say, okay, you know what? Uh, oh, we're eating chorovats, barbecue and stuff. They'll open up a can of soda mm-hmm. and they'll put it in front of their kid. And they'll be like, go to town. You guys understand what you're putting in your child's stomach. There's videos on YouTube where, and you should know these parents, where there's parents cleaning, I mean, people cleaning toilets with yes, that with stuff. Sodas. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen cops use soda to clean blood seams. Blood stains. Actual blood wow. stains. Well, yeah. there you go. That's a, a rusty, that's what it has. Rusty tools. No, I've seen literally like if there's blood on the concrete, <laughs> they use a two-liter bottle and then hold it down. Yeah. Well, we didn't mean to digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Sorry, we, we sorry, tend Nora. to do that Monday evenings. We digress. <laughs> we should call it the digress show. Digress show. <laughs> digress. Digress nuts. <laughs> so. Digress. 
so you think going back to what you were discussing um, in terms of how they don't have any coping mechanisms, these children, how do we, how do we alter that? I mean, how do you change a child that let's say you've raised them to be soft where they don't know how to cope with something issues in life. And then you realize that three, four, five years later when they're maybe eight, nine, 10 years old, is that something that's reversible? If so, how should a parent approach that and what actions do they need to take to be able to kind of change that route? Um, there are a lot of articles about letting kids fail. We are not allowing our kids to fail. And I think this is a big issue now because we're always there saving them. So mm -hmm. if they don't fail, how are they going to cope with that, right? How are they going to learn? So we need to provide the guidance. I mean, I'm not saying like fail completely, yeah. hit, hit rock bottom, but it's okay if they got F grade and then they learn from it and then they know how to do better next time. We're not even allowing that. Every time a child gets Fs, the teachers hear from the, the, the parent, you know, why did you give my child F? Dude, you should see some of the awards. Award ceremonies at schools have become a comedy show. <clears throat> literally, you could just go sit there and laugh. They have awards for people, literally, for showing up for majority <laughs> of the year. Just showing up is okay. That's now. it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. good enough to, for an award. Yeah. Well, wow. there, there's here's the thing. There, there's kids where they get awards for perfect attendance. I don't know about no, perfect this. attendance. No, no, that's if you were coming to the school 30 minutes late every day, now you're coming to school every day, 10 minutes late, they give you an award for that, for improving that. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, going All back right. to whole, the whole coping, is there a way to actually reverse it though? Like as Armand was mentioning, well, I think not to victimize our kids. A lot of the times we're victimizing them. You know, so we gotta, you know, really, um, normalize that it's okay something bad happens it's okay it's not the end of the world and speaking of not the end of the world um er doctors you know now saying that uh, the rate of teenagers showing up in the emergency room is so much higher than it's never been because kids are more suicidal these days because they don't have coping skills and that's that's it it's the end of the world yeah. So more panic attacks, more anxieties, more, you know, suicidal ideations. Um, so we really need to guide the kids. And we also need to support the parents to be able to guide the kids. I remember when we were like little kids, we would play around. And, you know, the older kids are, bull, you know, kind of bullying us, won't let us play and stuff. We would go complain to our parents and they're like, no, 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 go, go, go figure it out. Go figure it out with them. You go get beat up a couple of times. The third time you beat them up, you become friends and then everything go. was fine, right? That's just the See, way it was. See, that's another extreme, though. I don't want kids to be, you know, beaten up or anything <laughs> no, like but that. That was the but life then. The survival we skills, though. Yes. Yeah. We had survival skills, whereas now, like I said, the over-sheltering, you know, they're not learning how to survive. Little situations, even friendships. I mean, earlier we were talking about relationships. Friendship relationships. Kids are automatically like the FOMO we discussed, fear of yes. missing out. And then parents are going through FOMO too, checking uh, pictures on social media. Everyone's at the pool party. No one invited me. So, uh, you know, I know some of you mentioned that, that being like disrespectful, but you know what? Maybe their limit was 10 friends and they invited 10 friends. It's okay that you you're not You just didn't there. make the cut. It's okay, though. It's, it's like you didn't make the cut type of thing. That should make like, you feel worse, you know? <laughs> well, but that maybe you need to work on your personality. personality right? Yeah, I, that's very well said. What would, you were just saying it again? 
The victimization. The victimization. Yeah. That's what we need to work on because now the parents are like, oh, you know, I've done so much for the, this person and now they didn't invite me. And then the child is hearing. the. So the child, I mean, I see in my private practice, kids come and tell me these things, how much they feel lonely. Loneliness is a huge issue these days too. And I'm talking about preteens to teenagers now. Kids, you know, they have the Snapchat, they have the Instagram they see friends even let's say hanging out at starbucks automatically they assume that was a hangout party and i tell kids what if it was just convenient for that mother to pick up two kids to drop them off not necessarily party happening not necessarily it's an invitation yeah. but kids automatically assume oh, they're they, not my friends anymore you know they don't want me or the, these games i work with a lot of teenagers who are addicted to video games right so as a consequence I tell parents, or not as a consequence, as like a boundary setting, I say, okay, let's cut down on the, you know, video games so that the child can focus on homework more, right? Mm -hmm. Then the child comes next time depressed. What's going on? I lost all my friends. Why, buddy? What happened? I'm not playing the games on the, you know, video games. They're not my friends anymore. So there's that pressure now. What do you want the parent to do now? The parent is trying to do the right thing, oh help God. the child, but yet, you know, and I tell the kids, is that how friendship is, whether you no. play games or not? Like, then that's not there's even no friendship. Like, everyone is playing that game? You're telling Everyone's me 30 playing. people in the same classroom is playing Everyone's that. Everyone's well, playing. No, that it's, it's his connection. It's, it's his the, connection. Those exactly. are the people he's connected he's to. He's yes. attracted to that therefore, type of Therefore, you should have Look a real friend. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Wait, you guys. Actual no, then, people friends. No, no, no. Wait, Not, you guys, listen. Here's the thing. If let's, those are his friends. Those are basically mm -hmm. we're in a different generation now. If you were to take that kid who's a video who plays the video games, and you were to let's say I'm I'm that kid that plays the video mm -hmm. games. You're also one of them that plays video games. So is Armun. So is Edgar. We don't see each other. Mm -hmm. All we do is we play video games. But if you were to take the four of us and you were to put us in the room. We would be able to converse together. We have a relationship that we can talk. We have something, a topic that social we can talk. Social skills. Yeah. There's, there's we something. know each other because we know, That's their friendship. Media. Now, that's the way they connect. Now that they, that's been taken away, it's like, okay, I can't talk to my friends. Let me put it to you this way. That, a perfect example would be you go play basketball at Columbus every Sunday, and all of a sudden you're being punished because you're behind on schoolwork. Your parents say you're not allowed to go to Columbus to play basketball on Sundays anymore. What happens? The same thing. They go, oh, I've lost all my friends. Well, it's not just lost all your friends because you've missed out on something else. Yes. But look same at, thing. No, 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 it's not. Let's say even. Am I wrong? With, let's say with my son, right? It was two of his friends, him and his friend. So I told him, hey, you know what? He, he, I showed him how to ride a bike and stuff. So I let him go, you know, mm -hmm. riding bikes. He's been walking to school and stuff. So those two guys kept walking to school and back. Then they started riding bicycle. Well, their game friend goes, mm -hmm. hey, hey, hold on a second. I want to go riding. So he tells his dad, mm -hmm. I want a bicycle. Now there's six of them. Uh -huh. They actually get out after school, wow. go riding Next around. Thing you know, That's a Glenda, great thing. Okay. Next thing so you know, Glenda they, has a bike. We, we keep on pulling these kids out and showing them these are your real friends, so actual persons, not behind the computer. No, I understand that. But again, we're in a different era. It's a different era. Completely it's not different. different era. It's the way we do it. It's as parents, we don't let them yeah, go out. The, right. the hard, it's, it's hard to do the 
old school, the old fashioned way is hard to. And you're you know, a minority here now no. by just yeah. five, six of you doing that. The That's rest it. of the school is still on video games because parents may not have the convenience of getting yeah. the bikes or yeah. having the time to send them out. But here we have uh, Jacqueline Marashian said something about wine is hydration, coffee works too. All right, I have something <laughs> to say about that. A lot of parents as coping skill in front of kids are saying, oh, I need a drink. You drove me nuts. Oh, wow. I know where this is going. What happened? So that's your coping, right? So you're teaching your child where you're frustrated, go to the wine, go. So it's okay to do that. So at 15, that's where the at bottle 15, goes. At 15, that's oh where. God. So we got to be very careful. I know it's a joke, Jacqueline. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But we got to be careful because I have seen kids in my private practice as early as six years old where, let's say, I play a lot of games with the kids. I do play therapy. Mm-hmm. And when they lose a game of Uno, let's say, and they're like freaking out because they lost, they're so frustrated. This doesn't help. And they do tell me, oh, I need a drink. And I'll be like, what? You want water? You know, and then I figure out that's what the parents say oh, all the time. Memory. Yeah. So we don't want five, six-year-olds or even minors to go around and say, I need a drink to cope. You can use the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we got to be very careful because they're watching us and we are modeling for them. We are live models for them. So they're watching every single thing, every single way you cope with your hard days, the way we interact with our spouses. Everything. They're watching. So we don't need to sit down and lecture. Our actions speak louder. Yeah. So I just wanted to comment on Did that. Did I tell you guys a story of my daughter and her cursing? Yeah. This shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped something at home and I said shit and she and she looked at me and she goes shit. I go no 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 no. And she she goes shit 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 shit. I'm like your mom is gonna kill me. She still says it till today. See, it's a like, learned behavior. She'll, she'll drop a remote shit. She'll do this shit. Oh, I'm like wow, that's God. perfect. Oh. But do you see how it's a learned behavior? A lot of things are learned behavior, you guys. And I think and I think you paid. Too much attention to it. That's why yeah. now she thinks, "Wow, this thing is yeah. glorified." I, I, I and, get and and the and the worst part is, like, I I I try to catch myself, and it's so hard because, I mean, I, I don't want to say I have a potty mouth, but I mean, the, the verb. I mean, I just have to change my dialect. But <laughs> she'll say shit. I'll be like, "Shit," she said it again. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay," oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "There you go." Yeah. So next him. time, next time, <laughs> drop something and say, "Uh oh." No, I'm gonna keep this with my hand. Basically, every time she drops something, like, "Uh oh." <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you're going to have a strong forearm in a few weeks, my friend. <laughs> Popeye. Anyways. So, uh, Nora, what else? Do you want to touch base on? Do you want to touch base on? Do you want to touch base on marriage and divorce? Because uh, can I have a question before we go, get to marriage? Do it. Raise your hand. Have you had any clients, adults, married that came to you because they had a game? Addiction. addiction game addiction yes right husband yes <laughs> game porn addiction of course yes, yes. no yes, they, yes, they literally yes. don't work they sit at home and play video games yeah. yep. yes. husbands like that yes and really? usually their wives are very mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. women yeah. that's majorly that's the case not everyone but you know what i think it is ed i think it's more of the husband is What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Content, not the no, 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 not the not the, the, the breadwinner. I think they're uh, there's That's a word important. There's, the there's breadwinner a, is important. Yeah, it's submissive. important. Submissive, huh? Submissive. No, no, no. I think they're intimidated Weak. by the wife. 
That's the word I'm but looking for. But you know for. what? As for the gaming, I understand some husbands or even wives may use that as a coping mechanism to disconnect from stressful work or whatever they had that day yeah. and they're playing a game. That's totally fine. That's but if that's all they're doing all day long, then, you know, uh, again, I, you're not being a good example for your kids, uh, you know. Yeah. That that's I think it's more of an intimidating factor. They're intimidated by the wife and they have to do something to kind of cope with it. I had one client, I'm not going to obviously mention their name, but he said, it was funny, we were walking out, out from his house and we were conversing and he, the last thing he said to me before I left, he said, never let your wife make more money than you or else you'll end up like me. He was a smart guy. That's, what? That's a very smart guy. No. Mm. I, think, I think when a woman, I, it should be a driving factor, Ed. Yeah. If, if my listen, listen. If, if my wife was let's say more successful than I, whatever she would she uh, did she was a uh, any chiropractor call her an attorney. attorney attorney, I would say, hey, I love you. I'm going to drop everything. I'm going to focus on growing your business, because if that's what I can help you do, then that's what I'm going to do. There's no you and I in terms listen. of I make more money than you. I mean, who, who it should at the end of the should, day for an army of. Like old-fashioned. Com- I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's not easy. Course. It's not easy. Even, even amongst family members, brothers and I friends. I mean, to see who, a happy man that's a stay-at-home dad that's extremely happy with their life. Okay, look at two brothers. One is very successful. One doesn't do jack. It's not a big deal. Of course it is. Are you kidding? What do you mean? Either the mom is on their case all the time. Look at your brother. The dad. Or the dad is well, on their case or so the wife is on the their case. Brother? or the other brother Just is lazy. He'd rather play just video rather games. He'd rather sit at home and play games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Adults. how many guys Adults. do you know? Of course. How many guys do you know like that? that? I personally don't know many. I mean, if I see someone like that, I don't, I don't want them in my life. So I, now, I now, pic- now picture you're married to one. Married to one? I mean, I, not my yet. wife doesn't <laughs> play video games. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is why we can never get yet. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have play a brother. Video games, bro. No, Ed. What? I mean, think outside the box for once. Wow, I don't get it. Get your Stay. brain out of this uh, water <laughs> bottle here and don't worry think about outside. It. Let's, let me, let me ask you this. Let's say, for example, Sarah and Sasha. Uh-huh. <laughs> but her don't daughters wanna... don't do that. I know. They don't own businesses. <laughs> Let's say Sarah and Sasha are doing are, – they're grown up. <laughs> Sarah they're is married, they're, 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 they're married, but I know, but okay, I know they're your not. brother. Sarah, Sarah become Sarah. Bec- they're both going to be attorneys. Okay. And they're both smart and they're All both right. capable of it okay. because you know, they're sisters. They came yeah, from okay. the same, parents, same parents. Right. And then Sarah, <laughs> same dad. Yeah. Sarah basically drops out. Sasha continues. How would you feel? Wouldn't you be like, Sarah, you can do it as well. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I don't think so. Mm. Uh, All right. Sorry. Mad. Nora, you, you tell us, I mean, do you get cases like that where, for example, a husband and wife come in, the husband doesn't really do anything, and the wife says the brother or his friends or this do are successful, and I don't mm-hmm. know what. Of course. It, of it course. Ha- it's not rare, right? No, not at all. But again, I think we need to look at why the husband is not motivated to do better. You know what I mean? No one's just born like that. Maybe there's the fear. Maybe there's the intimidation that you guys talked about earlier. So every case is different. And what I'm noticing these days, not just in marriages in general, you know, back in the days, your watch, uh, you know, doesn't work. You go get it fixed. Your TV doesn't work. You go get it fixed. Right. How many people fix TVs now? No. You just throw it away, get a new yeah. one, right? So that's what's happening to relationships. Mm-hmm. Very true. 
So no one wants to put the effort and the energy into fixing the problem, whether it's, I mean, whatever it is, the reason, everybody has their own reasons and, you know, but it's a lot of work to fix something that's broken these days. Okay. It takes a lot of effort. So, and I think even I'm talking about, and again, not just marriages, relationships with friends too. I see a lot of early teens or early twenties kids, they get into a fight. That's it. You're not my friend and they leave, you know, but what happened to 10 year of friendship? What, you know what I mean? So no one wants to work on it. So times have changed really. And that's why, you know, um, I, I always say, you know, therapy helps you explore, make you aware of, you know, your background, your past experiences. We all have unfinished businesses from the past that we bring on to our marriages, to our relationships with friends or whoever. Um, so we have to make sure that we really know ourselves with our flaws, with our strengths and weaknesses before we make big decisions in our lives. Yeah. And nowadays, especially with women being so successful, and there are plenty of successful women, they look back and they say, well, if you're not going to get off your ass and do something, oh, yeah. no, I'll take care of myself. I'll take yes. my kid and I'll, I'll do it myself. And that's what they do. A lot of them are, I mean, not only entrepreneurs, but women who are in, for example, the law field, medical field, they can take care of themselves. But, but I think that's part of the problem, though. See, our parents... I'm sure a lot of our parents had marriage issues. Nobody had hard a perfect times. marriage and they had hard times, but they didn't have the, my mom did not have the option to just say, well, I'm going to go become an attorney. And uh, I don't think many of our moms did. So they actually spent more time and put in more effort to fix things versus I'm going to pack up and leave. That's, there's a good and a bad with everything. The good with being career driven is it's great. You make your own money. You're able to help support the family and all that. You could put your kids through better school and provide better. Everything, those are the positives. The negative is it's a lot easier for you to say, well, I don't need you because I could support myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a good and a bad, I think, with everything. And I mean, everything comes at a cost. There's mm -hmm. nothing that's free. And Jenny made a comment saying there's fixable and then there's, there's broken. Yeah. It's true, though. I mean, certain things are broken so much that it's going to take decades to fix it but it will still be fixed if the person is ready to fix it yeah so that's why whenever i get couples for therapy i ask both of them are you here willingly or one is forcing you to come because if it's uh, forced it's not gonna it's work useless, yeah. but if you're aware of your flaws or i mean we all have flaws no one's perfect trust me nobody's perfect but if you accept, are you sure? Yes. We got one here. But if you accept all Please of that, it will be easier. Please yeah. let us know. No, trust me. You got to be aware of, you know, um, how and why you do certain things. And you got to be open, you know, so that openness, not everybody has. And that's when it becomes really difficult. And I tell them, don't just force your spouse to therapy if they don't want to be in the room. Because... I can just guide you. I can't make miracles. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm sure with our culture, it's a, it's a lot more difficult than it is with Otanish, right? I mean, yes. with our, I, how many times does it, does it happen where somebody from our culture will come in and the husbands or the wives refuse to open up completely and eventually it takes some chiseling and mm -hmm. chiseling and chiseling to actually mm -hmm. get whatever it is mm -hmm. that you want out of them. 
how long is a therapy session like that last until or take until they actually do open up again you? it depends how ready they are to open up now the good news is that within our armenian community or armenians uh you know living in la i'm seeing more armenian couples husbands and wives being open to therapy than i did 10 years ago mm. so this is great because they really want to fix it or they really are trying to work on it of course there are the other ones who don't want to deal with it they think it's the other person's fault they're perfect but i am seeing you know really good outcome when both parents are more open to come and i think a lot of it is also a lot of shows like uh, tv shows they use a lot of oh i went to my shrink it's more normalized mm-hmm. even kids it's more common for them to say i go see a therapist as opposed to 10 years ago where it was more hidden like amota or you know you're crazy yeah. right yeah. yeah but it's not i mean sometimes i get cases that it's not a complicated case at all parents just want to make sure they're doing the right thing so you don't need to be the old fashioned way of thinking that it's crazy thing to do to go to therapy you can just go for peace of mind you know for validation for reassurance for guidance we all need it yeah guys uh Again, if you're just tuning in, we're actually joined with a family therapist, Nora Chitilian, right? There we Got go. It. I, I want to make sure I get it right because like you see L's and T's. We have too yeah. many consonants. In this, but <laughs> Nora Chitilian is with us. Uh, she's a family therapist, marriage therapist. Um, uh, if you guys are just joining us, we're talking about you know everything and anything as far as related to families, marriages, children, anxiety, peer pressure, all that stuff. Um, so Nora, one thing I want to ask you is this. Now, by the uh, way, Tevan had a good question. Go, go ahead. Sure. Wanna, yeah, go Tevan ahead. was asking, uh, would you consider um, those husbands who do play video games or ha- have a lot of maybe activities that they shouldn't have, whether it's a lot of TV or YouTube or video, whatever it is, would you consider that to be equivalent to cheating? That, that was his question. Well, I think each couple, I mean, you need to come up with your own rules, uh, your own ways of doing things in your relationship. So if that's where you're, you know, your outlet, like someone mentioned blot here. Okay, a lot of husbands go play blot, you know, um, at night on a weekly basis, right? So maybe that's their way of, you know, again, disconnecting, doing their hobbies, whatever. So if game is a hobby and you let your wife know that, you know what, this is something I need to do one hour a day or whatever, and the wife is okay with it, that's fine. But, but the complaint comes. But you got to <laughs> emotionally be present also for your spouse. And again, this could be the other way around. It could be that the wife what is, is always... What is my balot night? <laughs> Isn't that the question you guys all get? What is my balot Well, night? then wives <laughs> do a lot of... Girls, <laughs> no, wives do a lot of girls' night out. They go out. They do things. But as long as you're both on the same page, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're escaping and not giving, not wanting to give emotional attention to your spouse, and that's why you're always avoiding the home, mm-hmm. that's when, okay, there's a problem there. But if you say, okay, you know what? Once a week, I would like to hang out with my friends. You can do this, you, you know, whatever you... you as long as there's that communication going on, it's fine. But you also need to understand why is not okay. It's not okay for the wife for you to go play or why it's not okay for you for your wife to go out on girls' night out. Is it trust issue? Is it, I don't know, um, other build-up relationship issues? So you got to be communicating before the resentment builds up 
Mm-hmm. Because once the resentment builds up, that's when it's so much harder to fix. Yeah. Or you got to find the right timing. That works sometimes too. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right after you bought them a purse. Hey, Juju, I want to talk to you. <laughs> every, every Sunday night. I think, the commu- I think the key word here is communication. Yeah. Yeah. Communication without blaming. And a lot of couples, I mean, we tend to blame easily. When you blame, that's when resentment kicks in also. But when you use I statements, like I feel you're ignoring me, I feel you're not paying attention to me, mm-hmm. it's better than saying you're never home, you never do this to me. So yeah. the blame needs to stop in any type of relationship, even with friends. It doesn't have to be romantic relationship. Then you don't need to get defensive on the other side. You don't need to get into the fighting mode and you can just take it easily. So the, the, so the I factor, basically. I, I factor. feel this. I yes. feel that. Okay. Because it's, it's also, I always have this discussion with my employees when they come up to me. And I've had it in relationships too, whether it's friends, wife, business partner, where, you know, people tend to always think what the other person is doing wrong. And just like, who, which president said that quote, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask, what, was it, ask what you can do for your country. I say, I bring up that quote. I say, listen, before you come to me and say, this is what I've done for you, blah, and I deserve a raise and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's great. But before all that, think about what the organization has also done for you. And let's kind of balance things mm-hmm. out. Don't just think about what you're doing. I'm the best this, I'm the best that, I'm, I'm the best mom, best dad, best husband, best wife, best brother. No, just calm down mm-hmm. and right so but that, then that could be the narcissism jenny was mentioning narcissism yeah. exactly. ego. it's all about you yeah. it's all about you you know not Wait, giving credit what the you know company did or organization did so that's why i mean there is a that's a defense mechanism too so. that person may feel so weak inside they just always want to justify yeah. By saying, I'm good at this, I can do this, there's nothing wrong with me. So we got to be very careful. Again, understand our own needs. What's my void? We all have voids, you guys. You got to know what your void is from childhood. We all have one that we get fixated, we're stuck on. And we bring those into our relationships, whether it's relationship with teachers, friends, Elaborate spouse. Elaborate on void. What, what do you mean that? by that? Void is like this emptiness. So, For example, let's say all your life you wanted to play guitar and you never had a guitar. Uh-huh. You get fixated. Like that's like your void, like barabuchun void, like bagasuchun, like something missing, basically. Something in your life. missing because you put so much value to that so go learn it so that's why a lot of people well as an adult you can exact that's exactly what i do let me share this i had a client (laughs) she was 60 years old and she didn't have a good relationship with her parents back then uh, when she was a child and she would always complain about how her void was her parents taking her to an ice cream place and buying an ice cream so part of my therapy sorry about the interruption um facebook uh, Facebook decided some reason, to shut yeah. us off after an hour. But we're back. We we're, so, we were at um, the void part. That, yeah. So Armand was saying, "You why don't you go do it?" So it's important for us to be assertive enough to say, again, instead of victimizing and saying, "I never had this." All right, I'm a grown up now. I'm an adult. I feel like this is what I needed. I'm going to do it for myself. It's like going and taking care of your inner child, whatever's missing. But what do we do? We say. If I have this purse, I'm going to be the happiest person in this world. 
you get the purse, you're not happy. If I have this Ferrari, I'm going to be the happiest person. You get the car, you're still not happy. If I have a big house, I'm going to be happy, you're still not happy. So you're not really taking care of the void. You're putting it on materials and the materials are not going to give you what you need deep down because you need to focus on your true, you know, uh, void, whatever it is. So, I mean, what is it exactly? Is it something that emotionally you need something? Yes. Or you felt maybe miserable not having that, or you saw all your friends had it and it was so important for you. So that's why when I work with individuals now and, you know, they're always like miserable, they're always victimizing themselves. And I tell them, let's talk about your void. What was it that was missing when you were a child that you're still carrying on and not letting go of that? It's also a competition too in social media. This person has a Mercedes. I got to have a Mercedes. Right, right. Status, status. Uh, Right. That's within our culture. The status thing is very, very. In every culture. No, I do it. I don't know. I, I think it's uh, I think it's more of like a Middle Eastern sort of thing. Not a Middle Eastern because we're not Middle Eastern. Asians have it too. and uh, Every culture has it. But I mean, with, uh, with we see it more because we, we I, live. More I think ours. with ours, it's more materialistic. Like, for example, with, I think with the Asian culture, I think it's more of a if this if, if for example, Stephen went to law school, you need to go to law school or you need to be a doctor. Or you need to be this. You need to be that. With ours, I think it's more materialistic stuff. Whereas, uh, like for example, weddings and stuff. Weddings have become more are becoming more and more extravagant as time is going by. Why? Because it's, I think it's competition, and it's a show. It's a show. And I think what Nora was saying was it's that void. Mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly don't think it makes any of them happy. I think they're trying to basically show everybody that oh look look I can do it as well but at the end of the day is that really what makes you happy no. the void no. is not how many how many likes you can actually get on Probably. Facebook it's not yeah. the likes it's not the likes it's, this, this is another thing it's like if this guy owns this restaurant and he spent 200,000 on his son's wedding I have to spend 500,000 on my right it's a competition but That's you mentioned what... the friendship the likes yeah I see a lot of teenagers are suffering with that too. That, oh, like the lonely feeling that we talked about earlier. I don't have enough friends. I only had 10 likes, whereas my classmates have 100 likes. So I'm not good enough. I'm not popular enough. You know what I mean? So like, again, kids are suffering with these things. And that's why social media, the later you get it for your child, the The better. better Because they're so affected by all of this. There was a, a young couple, 15 years old, 16 years old, they were dating. And this is a true story, believe it or not. 16 years old, they were dating. The girlfriend uh, had a couple of followers on her, on her Instagram. The boyfriend said, I don't like these guys. Unfollow them. So he got her phone. He unfollowed them. And she lost three followers. And they broke up. Ooh. Because of that. So who do you blame? The girl for leaving the guy for doing that? I, I blame or... both of them for being... Stupid. So Dumb. caught up with that. So you start with saying 15 and 16 shouldn't even have boyfriend. 15 and 16. Sh- I mean, I, here, well, <laughs> that I, that I, that I could care less about. I don't care. They what could do you think, mean? I don't. That's You're not. not care? It's none no, of my business. It's but your kid. How are you no, gonna feel? it's none of my business. If it's my kid, it's different. Okay. My daughter's not going to date until she's 51. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's a good point. Let me just bring this up too. Um, I'm seeing a um, handful of teenagers where the girls are dating and the dads don't know and moms are keeping it a secret yeah. because oh, very dads are not gonna you know accept it but then what are we doing as moms we're saying it's okay for your dad not to know everything we're pushing the dads away what does that daughter do when she gets married now 
Well, that's right. what happened with right. my relationship. My my father in law did not know we were dating until later. My mother in law knew, so he whipped her ass. Or <laughs> he didn't. There's a, there's a female president. Was, was, your, was your wife fifty one? Huh? Was your wife fifty one? No, she was see, seven, she was eighteen. There, see what I that's what right. I see. That How old was she again? 18. When I when I see that you know the talk about you know mom knowing something and the dad doesn't, it's like. We as a family are going to lie to your dad. Yeah, and it's okay, and it's okay, to, okay lie. to lie. Exactly. It's okay to lie. And I tell moms, like, what kind of example is that? You know what I mean? So tell so, your kid it's okay to lie to your dad. Right, right. So that shows that, you know, there's the executive functioning system is already not strong enough between husband and wife. So we need to be one, you know, like partners in a business when we're raising kids. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, I hate it when I see, well, um, you know, well, I'll go ask dad. I know he's going to let me do it. Okay, what's the difference? That's I the mean, parents' fault. Yeah, well, you ask mom and you know they, you're going to go ask They try that on me person. every day. My kids will come to me and I know exactly if they've asked their mom. They'll make sure I'm in a separate room. So that means they've already asked and got the no. So they're coming to me to get well, the yes. What do you do? You... Manipulation. If so. I see, if they're too, like, too anxious to get the yes out of me that means they've already had a no so yeah. i say whatever mom said see i've, I've, I've <laughs> go, go 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 ask mom yeah. see, i've told my wife already you have to be the enforcer i i'm, I pro I'm probably going to say yes to everything my daughter says well your your, your daughter's <laughs> eyes would fool you like that yeah, I swear. <laughs> she has the most beautiful eyes i've ever seen wow. so she could probably look at arna and arna with it. She's starting to speak, and the, like the other day, she was like ice cream. I was like, looked at her, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I have to give this child ice cream. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm walking to the fridge. I'm like, L, stop me, L, stop me. No wow. sugar, no sugar, yeah, bro. no sugar, bro. No sugar. I'm like, stop me. I, the kid, if the kid turns to me and says, I want this, I could, I, I don't know what it is. And I told my wife, I'm like, you have to be the enforcer. I can't. But you got to work on that. I know I have to work on it, but I mean. <laughs> I'll show, night, you I'll, I'll show you a picture of her after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you tell me if you could say no to but her. The picture doesn't do justice. I, yeah, like, realize, she yeah, has she these does. honey Dude. glazed type of eye. You look, you're like, okay. It's, it's got she, like pure blackness. I don't know like, what it is. I, like, I, I, can't, I can't explain it either. I mean, everybody I show it to, they just go. You just you, have to learn the you word. You got to no. hold her. And when she looks at your eyes, when you're holding her, you're like. See, see the first thing you should say. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you should learn to say is no, and I, then go. Okay, sorry, what Mr. Darren. Look, say no. Look, I, say, I, no. I, say no to this child. Aww. <laughs> you can't. You can't. There you go. It's like imagine you're done already. Say, imagine that kid saying ice cream. What do you do? You give her ice cream. You give her ice cream. If she says ice cream, it's like what kind of what color is your what color BMW do you want? You you know I, I mean for me I everybody has their their strategy methods or tactics or way of doing things and i i always bring up employees because employees are adult relationships that you have you pay them and you still have to be able to maintain that relationship even mm -hmm. though you're paying their paycheck every two weeks and they're all relative whether it's a spouse friends employee it's all relationship based but when they ask for something my question my answer is never yes or no if it's something that requires it's obviously if it's uh you know can i go home half an hour early that's not a i'm not gonna sit down and have a half hour conversation about it but <laughs> now you can go, <laughs> yeah, now you, can go. <laughs> you just wasted half an hour of their time but it's more so i always ask them okay 
what do you think this is going to do? You're asking reasoning. me to make these changes, mm-hmm. right? Reasoning. How is this going to th- make things better? In what way? Mm-hmm. And if it makes sense, let's do it. But if you just want to do it because you're lazy and it's comfortable for you, same thing with your child. I don't want to do homework. Okay, why not? Let's understand why you don't want to do that specific homework. Well, because I don't understand it. Okay, so let's understand mm-hmm. let's it. Let's help you. Yeah, don't just, I don't want to do it. No, you have to do it. Okay, then that mm-hmm. kid's not going to do it anyways or just going to finish something exactly up and-, and you know what let's segue to the next thing i was going to bring up when kids are having a hard time and they're whether they're tantruming right younger kids they're not going to be able to sit there and articulate what it's bothering yeah. them and again we parents we're frustrated we're like oh, i can't believe he's giving me a hard time right always remember every time a child makes you feel like they're giving you a hard time it's because they are having a hard time mm. so that's when we need to like you know say this is not about me right now this is about me helping them then you don't need to use your cool you don't need to yell and scream and say enough already you started you just hug and show them the reassurance that you're there and you're going to help them Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you've seen a lot of memes kids ask love in a very unloving way which is a tantrum or mm-hmm. frustration or meltdown, Re- rebellion, crying, rebelling, crying. So that's mm-hmm. when it's a sign for us as parents, both mom and dads, to say, "All right, now time to hug help time. the child." Hug saves all situations. Yeah. Well, this is a good way of actually dipping into the, one of the other topics you talked about, which was the role of a mother and the role of a father, mm-hmm. as far as what. Do what do you differ as far as okay? You have a son. What would be the role for the father? What would be the role for the mother? And would you differ it from a daughter and the role from the father and the role from the mother? Okay, so like I said earlier, the connection is very important. You need to have a connection based on your interests, your hobbies. You know, father son relationship is great. Father daughter relationship is great because I'm sure you know, girls will choose their husbands based on their fathers. So even if the father has dysfunctional tendencies, they will choose dysfunctional spouses because that's familiar most of the time. Really? So that's why it's very important for us to be stable parents as much as we can, emotionally stable parents, and to make sure that if we have, like I said earlier, unfinished businesses to really work on ourselves so that we're not damaging our own kids. Whether it's paranoia, OCDs, we talked about OCDs, narcissism, like whatever it is, we really need to work on those things because kids are watching us, right? Yeah. They're watching us. I, I completely agree with that statement. I think girls, they, the first man they ever fall in love with is their father. Mm-hmm. And boys, I think their mother. They fall in love with their mother. And then that's kind of, even when I recall me even choosing a wife, I always subconsciously thought like I want somebody like my mom mm-hmm. that I want to marry because, you know, it, it worked for my parents. Mm-hmm. It was a successful marriage and it still is. And so I think that's very much true. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there are exceptions in everything. Yeah, yeah. However, but most of it is like that. And also, I mean, when we look at... Um, drug programs Mm -hmm. like the AAs and uh, rehab centers and they do therapies right with the drug addicts most of them have mother father issues yeah of course so you know because again something has happened and they got into drugs they couldn't know they didn't know how to cope 
Um, so that's something you know to think about as well. Or they didn't have the father figure or mother figure in their mm-hmm. life, and they didn't know who you basically lean on, or the daughter basically couldn't look back at the father, and the mm-hmm. father couldn't help. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, absentee parent figure, absentee fathers. Physically, you may be there, but emotionally, you're not mm-hmm. there. So that's more damaging. Makes sense. What about all the divorce cases, and the fathers are not there? That's a tough one too. Because now we have what fifty, sixty percent. California's divorce rate now is sixty percent, which is wait, wow. but nationwide, nationwide from the 90s, is fifty. From the nineties till now, divorce rate is falling. No, uh, no, it's growing. It went no, from, from the nineties to now. It's in ninety-one. It was thirty percent. What I saw, and now it's fifty percent. United States wise. That's insane. Because I yeah, it's obviously. going big time. No, it's going. Up. I've actually, I remember, I actually remember reading what Ed is talking about, but I'm trying to remember what it, what the reason was. There was a there was an article about how it's decreased due to maybe lack of marriage. No, no, less it's people just, getting married. It's just no. people are taking more time to get married, or I, th- I think a lot more separated people now. People don't go go through the divorce process all the time. I, we have to refer back to. I remember but that I know article. That I'll, look, I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, four percent drop from the. 90s. I don't remember the, the details though. But I read I it somewhere. Did you just read yeah, it? With the, yeah, with all the divorces that are going on, you have mm-hmm. at least one parent taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. and the other ones just partially there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, emotionally they're not there, and it's very difficult for that one who's doing everything. You know, the parent who's doing everything, and then the other parent is either just paying. Or not even there emotionally, you know, it's very hard on the kids, and that creates a void as well—the yeah. void of not having that one parent around. But now it's just the majority is. The roles have changed too. No, no. Men are more involved today than they ever were. Yes, when which our is dad's great. Time. Yes, which is but great. I mean, uh, all four of us, I'm sure, have changed diapers. You changed diapers. My husband yeah. has changed diapers. I, I mean, but majority of our dad's generation didn't do no. that. Mm-hmm. They just did it. Because they weren't home. They were working late hours yes, and, and our, moms all, were home. All of our moms are stay-at-home. Right. We didn't have diapers when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I didn't either. So, I didn't either. I think Arno's the only one that <laughs> He was born in the He's a millennial. I'm an 80s baby. Wow, look at this stat. Uh, two, <laughs> listen, three out of four men don't wear their red wedding ring. I, have, I didn't wear it since day one. We're, we're four men here. Are you wearing one? Two, yeah. two. Are you? I when I wear sweats, I don't wear it. Okay, I I haven't worn it since the wedding day. Okay. No, I wear it to work every day because I'm you know casually business casually dressed. But the moment I go home, I take yeah, everything. My off. shorts are too dirty for my ring. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't find any statistics on the on the divorce thing. I, from the last thing I saw was it went from thirty to sixty percent from nineteen ninety one till now. But uh, I mean, if you the the '80s leading into the '90s, there was a lot of marriages that really didn't need to happen that happened, and then that's what causes a lot of divorces. Well, nowadays, it's not county; it's like a higher divorce. It's not just a you know being divorced, but you have single parents, uh, single parents without even getting married. Yeah, they have Mm -hmm. you know they have kids, and the dad takes off, or the mom takes off. I'm sorry to say this, but today uh, it would be harder for a man to raise two kids on his own than it would for a woman to raise two kids on their own. I'm sorry that it sounds weird, but if you think about it, a man might have a harder time doing that. Men have a harder time? A man raising single dad dad, raising two kids Uh, might have a harder time. Well, research shows that men are not good at multitasking. Yes. 
whereas Definitely. women are better at multitasking. Yes. And when you raise a child, you need to multitask because anything exactly. can happen. So, yeah. you know. Like, I get that like literally every day. If something happens to me, how are you gonna, what are you going to do with these two kids? I'm like, Let's hope nothing happens. My one task is to make sure nothing happens to you. <laughs> and that's my job, right? There you go. Uh, where are we at as far where are we at as far as time wise? Because I want to make sure we don't get cut off by Facebook. Thirteen. Again. It's almost nine. So. It's almost nine. Okay. Uh, let's let's we could we could wrap it up for the night. We'll put these into one segment and put it on YouTube as well, guys. Maybe. Um, do you think she wanted to talk yeah, about? Yeah, Nora, I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you wanted to touch base on before we wrap it up for the night? Well, I think my message to the parents will be um, really get to know your kids, get close to your kids, connect with your kids because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff happening behind closed doors that kids may come home and tell you everything's okay, but a lot has happened at school. Uh, they're not feeling comfortable to share, maybe because you didn't make them feel comfortable. So really connect with your children so that even if they're faced with the most difficult situation, they're going to come to you and not mm -hmm. to, you know, like the kid on the block or whatever. Or the wrong people on social wrong media. Wrong people, wrong social media. And time to make sure you're kind of supervising and monitoring what YouTube they're watching, what they're doing on social media. Um educate don't just say don't do it teach them why this is good yeah. why this is not good you know um so yeah that communication is very important and also like i said model don't throw comments you know that like i said the drinking comment oh i need a drink like where your kid is there because then they're gonna say oh you know this is how mommy deals with this yeah. or daddy deals with this so and with the digital age, really educate yourself as parents. Know what Snapchat is. Know what Instagram is. Like I said earlier, instead of saying, don't do it, just say, show me, kiddo. What is this? Educate me. And once your kid is going to tell you what it is, you'll know how much they know. Yeah. And that's a connection right there, too. They're going to be feeling happy that, oh, I'm teaching something to my parent. So that's a connection right there. It's a, it's a bond you're creating it with your child without them even knowing about it. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Do you think the good parent, bad parent works at all? Because, like, I get blamed. Like, I'm always trying to be the good parent. Like, I can't get mad at my kids. I have a problem with that, right? That's, that's hard. I can't. I just can't get upset with my kids. I could yell at them once in a while if I'm upset. But overall, I have a difficult time. Like, I can't seriously get upset. Even if I get pissed, I'm like, I have a smile on my face. <laughs> they know it's not true, right? But uh, here's the thing, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap it up for the night. But. Nora Chitlian is a, like we said, she's a licensed marriage family therapist. You don't have to have a problem to see, exactly. to see her. Be proactive yes. about it. Literally. Yes. Um, if it's basically you need someone to talk to and you just need someone to sit down and listen and guide you and, you know, give you some advice, she's here. Again, you don't need to go be, be going through a divorce or separation or have anxiety or any of this stuff. If you just literally uh, need something, someone to talk to, she's here. And now if you are going through a divorce, if you are going through anxiety, again, uh, she's the here. Balls. Yeah, and the stress balls. <laughs> uh, follow her on Instagram, Nora's Guidance, mm -hmm. at Nora's Guidance. Uh, her office is in Glendale. Do you want to throw out a phone number, address, anything like that? Sure. I'm on Arden, 320 Arden. Uh, the phone number is 
1063. Yeah, and again, Nora's guidance, you guys could follow her on all social media networks as well. If you need to get a hold of her, she provided everything as well. Nora, thank you so much for being with us thank on you Monday. For me. This was this was a great show. Yeah. Uh, we actually I learned a lot. Yeah. Which I need to talk to you about how you could help me not <laughs> how, how you you need to help me basically say no to my child. That's something we got to talk very about. Very dark glasses on her eyes. <laughs> Close your eyes. Basically, I guess that's what I have to do at this point. Uh, happy Monday, guys, again. Thank you for being with us. We'll Thank see you. you. Oh, Basketball. we're going to see you guys on a special show probably oh, on, yes. on, on Thursday. Probably well, no, I'm sorry. Or... I'm saying probably. We're going to see you guys on Thursday, 7.30 p.m. We're saying goodbye to Stepan Partamian. Oh, you oh, want to yeah. announce that? Yeah. Man? I thought we were yeah. Gonna... yeah, Stepan He's... is leaving to Armenia permanently. And uh, we're going to have a special show with them. Everybody, yeah. So we're going to have a special show with him on Thursday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, and we'll see you guys then. And then after that, we'll see you on Monday again. Yes. All right. Uh, have a great week, guys. Night, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Nora.